السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما فكتاب مواقيت الصلاه the timings of prayers and inshallah today we will learn about the forbidden times meaning the times when it is not allowed for us to pray salah what are those times باب الصلاة بعد الفجر حتى ترتفع الشمس Performing the salah after fajr until the sun has risen Meaning praying salah between fajr and sunrise So for example these days Let's say a person wakes up at around 7 o'clock Performs their fajr salah By 7.20 for example they're done Sunrise is about what time? 7.45 something like that So They have time until 7.45. Can they pray some nafil in the middle or are they not allowed? So the question over here is, after fajr, meaning after a person has performed fajr, until sunrise, until the sun rises, is it allowed for a person to pray at that time or is it not allowed to pray? حدثنا حفص بن عمر قال حدثنا هشام عن قتاده عن ابي العاليه عن ابن عباس قال هي سيد ابن عباس رضي الله عنه سيد شهد عندي رجال مرضيون some reliable men they testified meaning they informed me وارضاهم عندي and the most reliable of them near me is who عمر عمر رضي الله عنه what did these reliable men say that anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha an as-salati ba'd as-subh hatta tashriq as-shams the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade performing the salah after subh meaning after fajr until the sun rises wa ba'd al-asr hatta taghrib and after asr until the sun sets so from this hadith what do we learn that once a person has performed the fajr salah or the asr salah then until the sun rises or until the sun sets depending on which prayer it is it is not allowed for a person to perform prayer all right but remember that from other ahadith we learn about an exception which is that if there is a reason to perform a certain prayer then it is permissible so for example let's say salatul janaza is that allowed yes because there is a reason for performing that prayer Likewise a person goes to the masjid before he sits down can they pray tahiyatul masjid yes there is a reason for that so they can perform that salah also so there are a few exceptions but remember all of those exceptions are what when there is a reason to pray hadathana musaddad qala hadathani yahya an shu'bah an qatada sami'tu abul aliyah an ibn abbas qala hadathani nasun bihada he said some people informed me of this حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى ابن سعيد عن هشام قال اخبرني ابي قال اخبرني ابن عمر قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said لا تحروا do not seek to بصلاتكم with your prayer meaning do not seek to perform your prayer when طلوع الشمس at the time of the rising of the sun ولا غروبها nor at its setting Meaning, do not wait until the time that the sun is rising and do not wait until the time that the sun is setting and then pray some prayer. No. You should perform the prayer before this happens. You should perform the Fajr Salah before the sun starts to rise. And you should perform Asr Salah before the sun begins to set. Alright? Notice the word, لا تحرو. What does تحرو mean? To intend. 
Meaning don't deliberately pray at this time. Don't wait until this time. You should pray well in advance. وَقَالَ حَدَّثَنِي بْنُ عُمَرُ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ إِذَا طَلَعَ حَاجِبُ الشَّمْسِ The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said that when the hajib of the sun begins to rise. What is hajib? Edge of the sun. You know as the sun rises, how does it rise? You see, it appear, right? A section of the sun. And then gradually, gradually, over about approximately in 12 to 15 minutes, what happens is that the sun completely rises. So once you see the edge of the sun, what does that mean? That the sun has started to rise. So, إِذَا طَلَعَ حَاجِبُ الشَّمْسِ فَأَخِّرُ الصَّلَاةَ Then delay the prayer. حَتَّى until تَرْتَفِعَ Until the sun has fully risen. So for example, sunrise, for instance, is at 7.45. And a person wakes up at 7.45. What does it mean? That the sun has started to rise. So what should they do? Should they pray? No. Then they have to akhiru. They have to delay. Delay until when? The sun has completely risen. And how much time is that approximately? About 12 to 15 minutes. وَإِذَا غَابَ And when it disappears, حَاجِبُ shams, The edge of the sun. And this is referring to sunset. Meaning a section of the sun is not visible anymore. What does that mean? Sunset has begun. Then what should you do? فَأَخِرُ الصَّلَاةَ Then delay the prayer حَتَّى تَغِيبَ Until the sun has completely disappeared. تَابَعُهُ abda. So in this hadith, what do we learn? That at the time of sunrise, while the sun is rising, and at the time of sunset, while the sun is setting. These two times also we should refrain from, meaning a person should not pray salah at these two times. Whether it is fald prayer or it is nafal prayer. Earlier we learned That if a person can manage to pray even one rakah before the sun actually begins to rise or set, then he should perform. He should begin the prayer, even if the remaining prayer is performed as the sun is rising or setting. But he managed to perform one rakah before. That is permissible. But if the sun has already started to rise, already started to set, then what should a person do? Differ. Because the sunrise times actually are quite accurate. Many times my husband has informed me that when they go out, sometimes after Fajr, uh, the boys go out for coffee or something, and they go to watch the sunrise. So they say that exactly at that time, they see a section of the sun coming up. So it's very close. So for instance, if the calendar says it's 7.45, then don't pray at 7.45. Defer. Pray at 7.30. All right? Defer 15 minutes to be on the safe side. حدثنا عبيد ابن إسماعيل عن أبي أسامة عن عبيد الله عن خبيب بن عبد الرحمن عن حفص بن عاصم عن أبي هريرة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نهى عن بيعتين The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade from two بيعه What is بيعه? Transactions Two kinds of transactions he forbade from وعن لبستين And from two kinds of لباس Two ways of wearing clothes وعن صلاتين And from two prayers What are they? نَهَا عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ بَعْدَ الْفَجْرِ حَتَّى تَطْلُعَ الشَّمْسِ He forbade from salah after fajr until the sun rises, meaning until it has risen. وَبَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ And after asr حَتَّى تَغْرُبَ الشَّمْسِ Until the sun has set. So these are the two prayers that he has forbidden. Which prayers? The prayer at sunrise and the prayer at sunset. وَعَنِ اشْتِمَالِ الصَّمَّاءِ And the two libas the Prophet ﷺ forbade are which ones? First of all, اشْتِمَالِ الصَّمَّاءِ وَعَنِ الْإِحْتِبَائِ فِي ثَوْبٍ وَاحِدٍ And wrapping oneself 
in one garment. What is ishtimalu samma? Ishtimalu samma is basically to wrap oneself up in clothes in such a way that the arms are locked inside. So a person cannot, you know, lift up their hands or extend their hand out. And when they will do that, then what will happen? Their body will show. Like for example, if a person has wrapped themselves up, all right, then they need to pick something up or they're praying salah and they have to lift up their arms and what will happen? Their body will show as they will lift up their arms. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade that a person should wear their clothes in this manner. A person should wear their clothes in a manner that their arms are free. I mean, for babies it is different. This is obviously about older people because when they will move around, then first of all, it will affect their mobility. A person has dropped something, they need to pick something up and then they're looking at others. right? And then secondly, if they will do it themselves, then it will expose them. And secondly, the second kind of clothes that he forbade were الْإِحْتِبَاءِ فِي ثَوْبٍ وَاحِدٍ Wrapping oneself up in a single garment and sitting in a way, ihtiba is to sit in a way that the legs are propped up in front of a person. Why did he forbid that? Because yufdi bifarjihi ila sama. When he will sit in that manner, wrapped in one garment and legs propped up, then what will happen? It will expose his private part towards the sky. And the two kinds of transactions that he forbade are which ones? Wa'anil munabada wal mulamasa. Munabada is from? Nabada. What does Nabada mean? To throw. So basically this was a kind of transaction in which the seller would say that okay, take these pebbles and throw. So whatever object you throw and the pebble will hit, then that object you can take for this much money. So for example, there are different kinds of cloth. One is of silk, one is of cotton. Obviously the silk one is more expensive. Alright? So he says, you take this pebble, throw, if it hits the silk one, you can have the silk one for the same price. If it hits the cotton one, you can have the cotton one. But you'll be charged the same amount. This is munabada. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade that. Wal mulamasa. Mulamasa is from lamps. What does lamps mean? To touch. So the seller would say, close your eyes and touch. Whatever you touch, you can have it for this much money. Now, this is forbidden. Unless... Unless all of the objects that the person is selling are of the same value. You understand? If they're of the same value, then it's permissible. But if they're of different value, then it is not permissible. Anyway, so in this hadith, what do we learn? That two prayers are forbidden. The prayer of sunrise and the prayer of sunset. Bab la salata qabla shams. One should not seek to pray just before sunset. Meaning deliberately. A person should not intend to pray at this time. What's the reason behind that? What's the reason? Why did the Prophet ﷺ forbid performing the prayers at these two times? At the time of sunrise, at the time of sunset? Yes, because there are people who worship the sun as it rises and as it sets. So in order to avoid resemblance to them. Secondly, when the sun rises, when the sun is setting and a person is performing prayer at that time, then it seems as though he is in awe of that sun. So nobody should have this you know, thought about a Muslim that they worship the sun. And also because we learn that the sun rises and sets from where? As the two horns of shaitan. So shaitan, he's also very arrogant and puffed up at that time, so a person should refrain from performing the salah at that time. Inshallah, I'll, I'll get to this, that there are basically five times when prayer is forbidden. 
باب لا يتحرى الصلاة قبل غروب الشمس so the reason behind that is as we discussed حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن نافع عن ابن عمر أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يتحرى أحدكم none of you should intend to meaning should seek to perform prayer at what time فيصلي عند طلوع الشمس ولا عند غروبها none of you should seek to pray as the sun is rising or as it is setting حدثنا عبد العزيز بن عبد الله قال حدثنا ابراهيم بن سعد عن صالح عن ابن شهاب قال اخبرني عطاء بن يزيد الجندعي انه سمع ابا سعيد الخدري يقول سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول لا صلاه there is no صلاه بعد الصبح after the morning meaning after the fajr prayer has been performed حتى ترتفع الشمس until the sun has risen ولا صلاة and there is no prayer بعد العصر after the عصر meaning after it has been performed حتى تغيب الشمس until the sun has set حدثنا محمد بن أبان قال حدثنا غندر قال حدثنا شعبة عن أبي التياح قال سمعت حمران بن أبان يحدث عن معاوية قال إنكم معاوية رضي الله عنه he said that indeed you people لتصلون صلاة you perform a prayer لقد صحبنا Certainly, we were in the company of who? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We were in his company. فَمَا رَأَيْنَاهُ So we never saw him yusalliha performing this prayer. وَلَقَدْ نَهَا عَنْهُمَا And in fact, he forbade from these two. Meaning from performing these prayers. يَعْنِي الرَّكْعَتَيْنِ بَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ He was hinting towards which prayer? Two rak'ah after asr. So he said, the Prophet ﷺ, we never saw him performing these two rak'ah, and here you are performing this prayer, and the fact is that the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from praying any salah after asr. So what do we learn from this? After a person has performed asr salah, then he should not pray any prayer until the sun has set. Then which prayer should he perform after the sun has set? Maghrib prayer. Alright? But remember, like we discussed earlier, if there is a sabab, for some prayer, then that exception is there. Unless it can be delayed until later. Sometimes it happens that there is an urgent matter. And it's a very serious matter. You cannot delay it. And you need to do istikhara. So then what do you do? Do you not pray istikhara at all or do you delay it? If it's time sensitive, then you can. Because there is a reason for you to perform istikhara at that time. Alright? Exactly. It's quite possible that a woman... You know, she might feel that she might begin her period soon and she might not be able to perform istikhara later. And she really wishes to perform istikhara, so there's no harm. That's in the case where you're not able to pray, then at least make the dua. حدثنا محمد بن سلام قال حدثنا عبده عن عبيد الله عن خبيب عن حفص بن عاصم عن أبي هريرة قال he said نهى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن صلاتين The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade two prayers. بعد الفجر after fajr حتى تطلع الشمس until the sun rises وبعد العصر حتى تغرب الشمس and after عصر until the sun has set like i said it takes about 12 to 15 minutes for the sun to completely rise likewise for the sun to completely set so from the time that the sun begins to rise give about 12 to 15 minutes and same for sunset باب من لم يكره الصلاه الا بعد العصر والفجر Man who lam yakrahi salata did not dislike performing the prayer illa except ba'd al-asri after asr wal fajri and after fajr what does it mean that those who did not dislike performing the prayer at any time except after asr 
and after Fajr. Meaning the only two times that they forbade were which ones? After Fajr and after Asr. And they said any other time of the day of the night you can perform prayers. Obviously it's referring to voluntary prayers. Mandatory prayers, there's specific times for them. Other than that, voluntary, they said you can pray any time. The only two times which are forbidden are which ones? They said after Asr and after Fajr. وَرَوَاهُ عُمَرْ وَابْنُ عُمَرْ وَأَبُوْ سَعِيدُ وَأَبُوْ هُرَيْرَ All of these companions, this is what they said. Now, from this we see, and this was Imam Bukhari's opinion also, that the only times in which a person is forbidden from performing prayer are these two times. After Fajr and after Asr. But if we go into the detail of this, then we see that there are basically five times There are differences amongst the scholars, but there are basically five times when salah is forbidden. Which five times are these? Firstly, the time of sunrise. Secondly, the time of sunset. Thirdly, the interval between the period of time a person has finished Fajr until sunrise. The interval between after a person has performed Asr until Sunset. So you understand? The first two are which ones? Sunrise, sunset. Thirdly, after Fajr until sunrise. Fourthly, after Asr until sunset. And there's a fifth time as well, which is at the time when the sun is at its zenith, meaning at its highest point. There's a hadith in Muslim in which we learn that Uqba bin Amir al-Juhani, he said, there are three times at which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, forbade us to pray or to bury our dead. When the sun has clearly started to rise until it is fully risen, when it is directly overhead at midday, until it has passed its zenith. Alright? Secondly, when? When the sun is directly overhead at midday. It doesn't mean 12 noon. But it means when the sun is at its highest point. Until it has passed its zenith. And when the sun starts to set, until it has fully set. So, there is a difference amongst the scholars with regards to the fifth time. But there is a hadith on this matter. So, if a person wishes to perform nafl at this time, then it's better to avoid, you know, just delay by 5-10 minutes or pray 5-10 minutes before that time just to be on the safe side. حدثنا أبو النعمان حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن أيوبة عن نافع عن ابن عمر قال أصلي ابن عمر said I pray كما رأيت أصحابي يصلون just like I saw my companions praying. I pray just as I saw my companions praying. لا أنها لا أنها I do not forbid أحداً anyone يصلي he prays salah meaning I don't forbid anyone from performing prayer بليلن in the night ولا نهارن nor during the day ماشا whatever he wills meaning he can pray during the day during the night at any time that he wills غير ألا تحروا طلوع الشمس ولا غروبها except that do not seek to pray at these two times the sunrise and the sunset And he said, any other time besides this, go ahead and pray. Whether it is some part of the night or some part of the day. Now, from this we see that there was difference amongst the scholars, even amongst the Sahaba. Some said 
there's only these two times, another said that there are these three times. But what we learn from this is that how often they used to observe voluntary prayers. That their prayers were not limited to just the five obligatory prayers. They performed salah otherwise as well. Voluntary prayers. Because if you look at the statement, لا أنها أحدا يصلي بليلا ولا نهارا ما شاء Whatever he wills. Anytime during the day. Anytime during the night. But unfortunately we have limited the prayers to only the false prayers. We should also make a habit of praying besides the false prayers. Because you remember that when a person performs a false prayer, he draws closer to Allah. But as he performs a voluntary prayers, he draws even closer to Allah. This, I guess you can only figure out if you're outside. And sometimes literally you find the sun above you. Like it's literally on your head, there's no shadow because the sun is literally above you. And the heat is also very intense. So at that time, it was forbidden. باب ما يصلى بعد العصر من الفوائت ونحوها. So we have learned that after Fajr, after Asr, a person will not perform any prayer until the sun rises, until the sun sets. But what about performing fawait? Fawait is a plural of fa'ita. What is fa'ita? One that has fawt, meaning one that has died, meaning gone, passed, missed. A person missed a prayer. So ma yusalla, what is prayed, ba'd al-asr, after asr, min al-fawait, from the missed prayers, wa nahwiha, and it's like. So, let's say a person performed his asr prayer. And then he remembered that he had not prayed zuhur. It's possible. He completely forgot to pray zuhur. Like sometimes it's an unusual thing that happened. You're not where you usually are. And you get home and you think that you performed zuhur. And when you're praying asr, you think, wait a minute, did I even pray zuhur? And you realize you haven't prayed zuhur. So now, after asr, can you perform your zuhur? Can you? This is a question. Then it's also possible that a person remembers that they missed their particular prayer a week ago or two weeks ago. It's possible, right? Shaitan makes you forget important things and you remember after a long time. So can you pray at this time or not? Can you pray Salatul Fa'ita after Asr or not? Don't be too quick to answer. وَقَالَ <laughs> كُرَيْبٌ and Quraib said, عن أم سلمة, On the authority of Umm Salama, that Salla Nabiyu Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performed Salah. When? Bard al-Asri. After Asr. What Salah did he perform? Raka'atain, two Raka'a. وقال, and he said, Shagalani Nasun. People kept me busy. Which people? Min Abdul Qais. From the people of Abdul Qais. Remember that the delegation had come to visit him. So they kept me busy from my two rakah after dhuhr. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ had a habit of performing two rakah after dhuhr. The two sunnah. Alright? But what happened? Immediately after his fard, he got busy. These people came. They kept asking him. They kept talking to him. Until what happened? The time for asr came. And then he performed his asr. When he came home, what did he do? He performed the sunnah of zuhur that he had missed. 
So from this, what do we learn? That if the Prophet ﷺ made up the missed nafil, when? After asr, then it is definitely permissible to make up a missed fard after asr. So you understand? So what do we see? That salah in and of itself is not forbidden after asr until sunset. At the time of sunset, yes, it is forbidden. But after asr until sunset, salah in and of itself is not forbidden. If there is a reason to perform prayer, then a person is allowed to perform that prayer. All of those reasons is making up missed prayers. Also, one more thing we see here is sometimes it happens that you perform your fard and instantly you get busy. Right? Somebody comes and talks to you or you know, sometimes you're at home and the children, they need you urgently. And then one thing after the other, after the other, and you realize that a whole hour has passed and the time for maghrib is gone now and your sunnah is gone. But you have a habit of performing that salah and you don't want to miss out on it. So can you make it up later? Yes, you can. Even voluntary prayers that a person performs consistently, if for some reason they miss it, then what should they do? Make it up later. Because this is what we see in the next hadith, that the habit of the Prophet ﷺ was that when he would do something, he would do it consistently. Consistently. Until he passed away. So he didn't miss his two rakah just because people were talking to him. He made them up later on. Also we see here is that the Prophet ﷺ could have told the people, excuse me, for some time I need to perform my voluntary prayers. But he didn't. He made himself available to who? To the people. Because sometimes it happens that people need you urgently. But it doesn't mean that we sacrifice our worship because of the needs of people. You understand? It's very good to prefer people over yourself. But not in the matters where your ibadah is going to suffer, where you are going to fall behind. So if you are helping other people out at the cost of your duty, at the cost of your work, at the cost of your homework, your assignment, whatever it may be, then should that be done? No. And if it was beyond your control, like you thought somebody needs you only for five minutes, but it ends up to an hour, then what should you do? Leave the work completely? Leave it completely? No. Make it up afterwards. First of all, don't miss it. And secondly, if it got missed, then what should you do? Make it up afterwards. Because consistency is very, very important. You know, like for many students, when they're taking their course, they have to do their lesson seven times a day. Now what happens is that someday, they're not able to do it seven times. So they do it five times. So it doesn't mean that that particular lesson, those particular verses, they never did them seven times. No. They should make up afterwards. Because... Until you read the translation a certain number of times, it cannot be embedded in your head. You will not develop proficiency. You will not develop that. So what is necessary? That if you weren't able to do it one particular day, and this should be a habit, make it up afterwards. And this should be a habit with everything in life. Don't just leave things. Complete them later on. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا عبد الواحد بن أيمن قال حدثني أبي أنه سمع عائشة He heard Aisha عنها قالت she said والذي ذهب به by the one who took him meaning by Allah who took the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم away 
meaning who took his soul away, who gave him death. ما تركهما The Prophet ﷺ never left the two. حتى until لقي الله until he met Allah. وما لقي الله and he did not meet Allah Taala the Exalted حتى until ثقل عن الصلاة until the salah became very difficult upon him. Meaning that he did not have much strength in his last days to perform the prayer. Which is why what would he do? He would perform the prayer sitting. Generally, what would he do? Pray standing, even if it was difficult. But towards the end of his life, because of his great sickness, it became very difficult for him to perform the salah. Remember we learned earlier that he had so much water poured on himself because the, the fever was so high. So in order to regain that strength, he had so much water poured on himself so that he could get the energy in order to lead the people in prayer, but he wasn't able to. So towards the end of his life, what happened? حَتَّى ثَقُلَ عَنِ الصَّلَةِ وَكَانَ يُصَلِّي كَثِيرًا مِّن صَلَاتِهِ قَاعِدًا And because of this reason, what did he do? He started praying sitting a lot. Meaning, towards the end of his life. The last few days, he would perform most prayers while sitting. And which salah is she talking about, by the way? That... مَا تَرَكَهُمَا حَتَّى لَقِيَ اللَّهَ That he did not leave those two raka'ah until he met Allah. Meaning he performed that prayer until the end of his life. تَعْنِي She meant الرَّكَعَتَيْنِ بَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ Two raka'ah after asr. وَكَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ يُصَلِّيهِمَا She said, and he used to perform them. وَلَا يُصَلِّيهِمَا فِي الْمَسْجِدِ And he did not perform them in, in the masjid. Why? مَخَافَتَ out of the sphere, أَنْ يُثَقِّلَ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِهِ That it would become difficult upon his ummah. وَكَانَ يُحِبُّ مَا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمْ And he liked to make things easy for them. So what do we see here? That the Prophet ﷺ used to perform two raka'ah after asr. When? Not at the masjid. Where? At home. So after asr, when he would come home, he would perform two raka'ah. And he performed these two raka'ah until the end of his life. Because when he started something, he would do it consistently. Even though it was very difficult upon him, and even though he performed those prayers while sitting, still he performed those two rak'ah after asr. Now the question is, why didn't he perform them in the masjid? Why at home? Because if he performed them in the masjid, and people saw him, then the people would also do it. Right? Or they would be required to do it. And if they would be required to pray two rak'ah after asr, asr prayer, which itself is so difficult for many people, because they're so busy at that time, and then to add two more rak'ah to that, it would be very difficult. So this is the reason the Prophet ﷺ, Aisha anha explained, he used to perform himself where? In his house. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى قال حدثنا هشام قال أخبرني أبي قالت عائشة ابن أختي مَا تَرَكَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ السَّجْدَتَيْنِ The Prophet ﷺ never left two sajda. بَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ After Asr عِنْدِي near me قَطُّ Ever Meaning, it was his habit that every time he would come home after Asr, what would he always do? Two sajda meaning two rak'ah. He would always perform them. This was his habit. حدثنا موسى بن إسماعيل قال حدثنا عبد الواحد قال حدثنا الشيباني قال حدثنا عبد الرحمن بن أسود عن أبيه عن عائشة قالت ركعتان تركع لم يكن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يدعهما the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم never left them سرا in secret ولا علانية nor in open 
رَكَعَتَان Two رَكَعَ قَبْلَ صَلَاتِ الصُّبْحِ Before the morning prayer, meaning before the fard, fajr prayer. وَرَكَعَتَان And two رَكَعَ بَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ After Asr. Now what does it mean by this? He never left them in open or in secret. Meaning, he performed those two رَكَعَ whether he was alone or whether there was somebody watching him. But the two رَكَعَ after Asr, what do we learn? That he used to perform them where? At home always. Okay, he wouldn't perform them at the masjid. He would perform them at home. حدثنا محمد بن عرارة قال حدثنا شعبة عن أبي إسحاق قال رأيت الأسود ومسروقا شهد على عائشة قالت ما كان نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يأتيني the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم would never come to me في يوم in a day بعد العصر after عصر إلا except صلى ركعتين that he performed two ركع meaning each time that he would come home after عصر what would he do perform two ركع Now there's so many ahadith over here that show that he performed these two rak'ah after Asr. And at the same time, there's so many ahadith on the other hand that show that the Prophet ﷺ forbade people from performing any prayer after Asr. So is this contradiction? How do we understand it? There's a number of ways. There's a number of opinions concerning this. And basically two rak'ah after Asr, this is a matter in which a lot of ikhtilaf has Existed. There is a lot of difference of opinion amongst the scholars concerning these two rakah. One explanation is that some scholars they said that the Prophet ﷺ said. I mean, there are so many ahadith from which we learn that he forbade performing prayer after asr. So we should not perform any sunnah after asr. There is no sunnah. There is no you know voluntary prayers that we are required to pray after asr. Why? Because of the generality of the prohibition of any prayer after Asr. And they said that the Prophet ﷺ, when he performed these two rak'ah, when he got home, which ones were they? They were actually the sunnah of Zuhr. As we learn from the hadith of Um Salama. But we understand if he did that once or twice. He did it continuously, consistently, because Aisha anha, she said that every time he came after Asr, he performed those two rak'ah. The scholar said that he continued that habit. That every time he would come home after Asr, he would perform two rakah. Because once he did it, then after that, he did it consistently. And he did it himself. He didn't do it in public, meaning in the masjid, because then people would follow him. And it was a habit of the Prophet ﷺ that when he would start something, he would do it consistently. So the first time there was a reason What was the reason? He missed his sunnah because people kept him busy. But thereafter, he developed the habit. And remember that the Prophet ﷺ also emphasized that people should perform voluntary prayers at home. Remember? The men especially, that they shouldn't make their homes into graveyards and and uh, restrict the prayer to the masjid only. They should also pray at home. So perhaps it was because of this reason that every time the Prophet ﷺ came home and when he came to Aisha ﷺ to see her, that was generally perhaps the time. So this is the reason why he performed those two rak'ah. Other scholars said that these two rak'ah after Asr, they are a sunnah. Meaning the Prophet ﷺ performed them and Aisha ﷺ, she performed them also. And there were some sahaba who performed them. Although many of the companions did not know, but they said that this is a prayer which is forgotten. And Sheikh Al-Bani was of this opinion that this is a prayer that is forgotten. And it, this is a sunnah that should be revived. Two sunnah 
after Asr. However, other scholars again, they disagreed. They said no. Because there are so many evidences on the other side. So then how do we put everything together? They said that this amal was specifically for who? The Prophet ﷺ. Remember there were certain actions which the Prophet ﷺ performed openly, publicly. Why? Deliberately. So that the others would see, observe, and know that they have to do it as well. Like remember once the Prophet ﷺ was traveling and he was fasting. And the rest of the people were also fasting. The fast became very difficult. So what did he do? He broke his fast in front of everybody. Why? So that the people would follow him. There were certain times when the Prophet ﷺ performed the prayer standing on the mimbar. Why? So that everybody could see him, how he was praying. But then we see that there are other actions which he did privately. Why? So that others would not be required to do it. And this was one of those actions. The fact that he prayed at home shows that this was exclusively for him. Just like the Hajjud prayer, mandatory for the Prophet ﷺ, but not mandatory for the Ummah. So is it clear? That when you have a Qawli hadith, a hadith in which a statement of the Prophet ﷺ is mentioned, and a fairly hadith in which the fairly the action of the Prophet ﷺ is mentioned, and there seems to be apparent contradiction, then what do we do? We take the Qawli one, his statement. Because his statement is his command, his instruction. And it's for who? Directly for us. And his action could be for who? Specifically for him. And especially when he performed that action in privacy. Alright? But we learn from this that if there is a reason for a person to perform prayer after Asr, then there is no harm. Alright? There is no harm. Which is why if istikhara has to be performed or some other prayer for which there is a reason, then there is absolutely no harm in that. Bab at-tabkiri bi-salati fi yawmi ghaymin. Tabkir. Tabkir is from bukra. What does bukra mean? Early morning. So tabkir is to pray early, meaning well in time. At-tabkir bi-salat is to perform salat well in time, early. When fi yawmi ghaymin. On a cloudy day. On a cloudy day. Because on a cloudy day, you don't know exactly what's going on. You think that it's sunset, but it's not actually sunset. There's still a long time until the sun is actually going to set. Or you think that the sun is not going to rise right now because it's so dark. But the fact is that the sun has already risen. Or it will rise in a couple of minutes. So when it's cloudy in the sky, what should be done? To be on the safe side, a person should perform the prayer when? Early. Earliest time. At the earliest time. Doesn't mean that you pray before the time has entered, but at the earliest time. Meaning as soon as the time comes in, perform the prayer. So, At-Tabkir bis-salati fi yawmi ghaymin. Now, also what happens is that with Fajr prayer, for instance, and Maghrib prayer also, and Asr prayer also, what happens is that people go by the clock. And they say, there's still 15 minutes, there's still half an hour. And we don't look out the window. How bright is it? How dark is it? And we just go by the clock. What is necessary is that we look outside also. We are, you know, aware of what's happening. That if there's 15 minutes left for Fajr, realize that it's also very, very bright outside. Likewise, a person says, oh, there's only 20 minutes since Maghrib started, but look outside. It's so dark. So, it is necessary that we are 
observant of the sky okay when we are selecting a time for prayer حدثنا معاذ بن فضاله قال حدثنا هشام عن يحيى هو ابن ابي كثير عن ابي قلابه ان ابا المليح حدثه قال كنا مع بريده في يوم ذي غيم he said we were with بريده on a cloudy day فقال so he said بكروا بالصلاه perform the salah early don't delay فان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال because the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said من ترك صلاه العصر whoever left the عصر prayer حبط عمله then his deeds are wasted so you don't want to Miss your Asr prayer even by accident. Therefore, pray at the earliest time. Don't say that it's you know dark anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. No, you should perform the prayer at its earliest time to be on the safe side. And the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, "Man taraka salat al-asri habita amalu." This is understood in, in a number of ways. One is that man taraka salat al-asri, whoever completely abandoned the Asr prayer, meaning he doesn't pray Asr at all. Hardly, sometimes he prays. And unfortunately, some people develop this habit. Because it's the time when they're coming home from school or from work. So they develop a habit of missing their asr prayer. Or delaying their asr prayer. Whoever does this, meaning he leaves it on a regular basis, then all his good deeds are wasted. What does it mean then? All of his good deeds are wasted. Another way of looking at the statement is that whoever misses the Asr prayer, leaves the Asr prayer on a specific day, meaning one day he leaves it deliberately, then his amal is wasted, meaning even if he performs that Asr prayer later on a hundred times, it's not the same. You understand? فَقَدْ حَبِطَ عَمَلُهُ His amal is wasted. Which amal? The amal of Salat al-Asr. Why? Because he deliberately missed it. He deliberately left it. So even if he made it up later on, many, many times, it will never bring him that same reward. Never at all. Thirdly, another way of understanding this is that whoever missed, whoever, meaning deliberately left his asr prayer on a particular day, then his amal is wasted, meaning his good deeds of that day are wasted. Why? Because the sin of leaving the asr prayer will wipe off, will outweigh all the good deeds of that day. Meaning the other four prayers will be cancelled because of his missing his Asr prayer. So you understand? This is a serious matter because you see, Asr is where? Salat al-Wusta. It's the middle prayer. Two before it and two after it. And usually what happens is that towards the beginning, we are energetic. Towards the end, again we get energetic. In the middle... What happens is that we lose our enthusiasm. Typically this happens with anything that we're doing. So even in a day this happens. Fajr, we're very particular. Dhuhr, particular. Asr, we kind of become lazy about it. So it reminds us of the importance of Asr prayer. If it is within the time of Asr, then you should perform with the Jama'ah. If it's within the time of Asr. Bab al-Adhani ba'da dhahab al-waqt. Adhan after the time has gone. Meaning when the time is over for a particular prayer and a person missed the prayer for some genuine reason. He was trying to pray but he didn't get a chance. He was busy one thing after the other and things were literally out of his control. Like for example, a person could be working in emergency. Alright? And one 
case after the other is coming up and it could be serious matters. And in some places, the time for Asr, in certain parts of the year, is very, very short. So let's say a person misses the prayer like this. And it's not just him. It's a whole group of people who miss their prayer completely because of some genuine reason. Now, the time for the next prayer has begun. And together they want to do Jama'ah. So should they just perform the Salah or should they also give the Adhan before it? You understand? Should they just perform the Salah in congregation or should they also pronounce the Adhan, the Iqamah and then the Jama'ah? This is the question. Is it permissible to give the Adhan for a particular prayer after its time is over? Yes, it is permissible. حدثنا عمران بن ميسرة قال حدثنا محمد بن فضيل قال حدثنا حسين عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه قال he said سرنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليلة we were traveling with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم one night فقال بعض القوم so some people said لو عرست بنا يا رسول الله لو عرست عرست is from تعريس and تعريس is to stop in order to rest or sleep in the last part of the night so they said, O oh, Prophet ﷺ, could you please allow us to just stop now and take some rest? It's the last part of the night. We're really tired. Can we please stop and get some rest? Qala, he said, أَخَافُ أَن تَنَامُوا I am afraid that you will sleep through your prayer. Which prayer? Fajr. Because it's so late now. If we sleep now, I'm afraid that we're going to miss the Fajr prayer. Qala Bilanun, Bilal anhu said, أَنَا أُوْقِوَكُمْ I'll wake you all up. فَالطَّجَعُوا He didn't say inshallah. So what happened? فَالطَّجَعُوا So they all lay down, they slept. وَأَسْنَدَ بِلَالٌ And Bilal رَضِلَوْ عَنْهُ أَسْنَدَ He put his back against. وَأَسْنَدَ بِلَالٌ ظَهْرَهُ He put his back against, meaning he leaned against إِلَى رَاحِلَتِهِ Against his saddle. So he's sitting and he is leaning his back against the saddle because he didn't want to lie down and fall asleep. But what happened? فَغَلَبَتْهُ عَيْنَاهُ فَنَامَ But his eyes were overcome and he fell asleep while sitting. فَاسْتَيْقَضَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ So the Prophet ﷺ woke up وَقَدْ طَلَعَ And it had already risen. What? حَاجِبُ shams, The section of the sun. Meaning the sun had begun to rise. فَقَالَ So he said, يَا بِلَالْ أَيْنَ مَا قُلْتَ O Bilal, where is what you said? You said you're going to wake us up. What happened? Qala, he said, Ma ulqiyat. It has never been put to me. Alayya on me. Naumatun. Any sleep. Misluha like it. Qattu ever. Meaning I've never had such sleep before. I've never ever slept like this before. Qala, he said, Inna Allah. Indeed Allah. Qabada arwahakum. Hina sha'a. He takes your souls whenever he wills. Waraddaha. And he returns it. Alaykum upon you. Hina sha'a. Whenever he wills. So your soul will be returned to you at the right time if Allah wills. Alright? And Allah will will something good for you when? When you will. Like for example, generally we say, oh if Allah wants, I'll wake up. But the thing is that if you don't want to wake up, then why should Allah wake you up? So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَبَضَ أَرْوَاحَكُمْ حِينَ شَاءَ وَرَدَّهَا عَلَيْكُمْ حِينَ شَاءَ Meaning this is beyond your control. Ya Bilal, O Bilal, qum fa'adhin bin nas. Stand and give the adhan for the people. 
bis-salati for the salah fatawadda so he performed wudu falamma irtafa'at ash-shamsu then when the sun had risen wabiyadat and it had become white qama fasalla he stood and he prayed salah because remember that he woke up as the sun was rising so they didn't start their prayer immediately they waited for the sun to completely rise and to become white and then they performed the salah together and we see here that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam his companions they slept through and especially because they slept in the last part of the night so sometimes it happens that you're not able to sleep in the early part of the night and there's something that's not part of routine okay there's something unusual and when you sleep in the last part of the night then obviously you sleep like you've never slept before right it's a very different kind of sleep because generally what happens is that you develop a body clock right if you're used to waking up at a particular time you'll wake up but if your sleep was not normal then you won't be able to wake up at the normal time either so if this happens by accident then a person should realize that it happened also with who the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but a person should not give himself you know should not be too lenient with themselves because we know that if a person does this habitually then what will happen what did we learn in hadith that if a person makes sure that he performs his fajr and asr he's not overcome by sleep or by work then inshallah he will be able to see allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any difficulty as a person sees the full moon bab man salla bin nasi jama'atan ba'da dhahab alwaqt the one who performed the prayer with the people how jama'atan in congregation ba'da dhahab alwaqt after the time has gone in the previous hadith we see adhan is pronounced and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam led the people in prayer but are there any other examples also from where we learned that salatul fa'ita a missed prayer can be performed in congregation yes حدثنا معاذ بن فضالة قال حدثنا هشام عن يحيى عن ابي سلمة عن جابر بن عبد الله ان عمر بن الخطاب جاء يوم الخندق عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه كان on the day of the battle of trench بعدما غربت الشمس after the sun had set فجعل يسب كفار قريش so he began cursing who the kuffar of quraish why because remember that they had laid siege on medina and the muslims were constantly by the trenches guarding medina and because he was there he wasn't able to pray asr so qala he said ya rasulullah o messenger of allah ma kittu usalli al-asr i was not able to perform asr hatta kadat ash-shamsu taghrib until the sun has begun to set i have not been able to pray my asr and look the sun has started to set What am I supposed to do? Qala Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wallahi ma sallaytuha. By Allah, even I have not performed my asr prayer. Because he was also with the companions guarding Medina. Faqumna ila Budhan. So we all stood, meaning we went towards Budhan, a particular valley. Fatawadda ila salati. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed wudu for salah. Watawadda'na laha. And we also performed wudu for it. Fasalla al-asra. Then he performed Asr بَعْدَمَا غَرَبَتِ الشَّمْسِ After the sun had set. ثُمَّ صَلَّى بَعْدَهَا الْمَغْرِبِ And then after Asr, he performed Maghrib. So what happened? The sun was setting. They tried to pray Asr until that time, but they didn't get even a minute. Can you imagine? Constantly guarding. They didn't get 
a chance to even perform one rakah of asr. The Prophet ﷺ, and if they weren't able to, then we assume that many others weren't able to. So what happened? Together they went, performed wudu, waited for the sun to completely set, and then they performed asr. And after asr, they performed maghrib. Bab man nasiya salatan, whoever forgot a prayer, falyusalli ida dakaraha. Then he should perform it when he remembers it. Wala yuridu illa tilkasala, and he should not repeat except that particular prayer. Meaning, if a person missed a prayer, he wasn't able to pray for some genuine reason, either he forgot or he was busy, like we, we saw here, then later on when he gets a chance to pray, what should he pray? That salah only. He doesn't need to give any kafara. He doesn't need to perform the salah two times or three times or five times. No. Once is sufficient. وَقَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ مَنْ تَرَكَ صَلَاةً وَاحِدَةً Ibrahim said that whoever left one prayer, عِشْرِينَ سَنَةً For twenty years, لَمْ يُعِدْ He will not repeat إِلَّا تِلْكَ الصَّلَاةَ الْوَاحِدَةً Except that one prayer. Meaning even if twenty years have passed, a long time has passed, and you would think that over a long time he should be penalized. But still, what will he pray? Only that missed prayer. How many times? Just once. Now some, they said that the salah has to be performed twice. Why? They said once when the person remembers. Okay? And second, he will pray when the time for that prayer enters the following day or the same day. So for example, a person remembers, I missed my Isha prayer three days ago. Okay? He realizes now. And he just finished performing his Zohar prayer. So some scholars, they said that he will perform his Isha at that time, as soon as he remembers. However, he will also perform Isha again, that missed one, when? Once the time for Isha enters. You understand? So they said he will have to perform that missed prayer how many times? Two times. But this is not correct. Why? Because there is no evidence for it. In hadith, what do we learn? The Prophet ﷺ just told the people to perform that missed prayer. How many times? It's understood only once. And in a version we see that the people asked, should we not perform it at its time? Meaning, Isha is supposed to be performed at Isha time. I missed it. And I remember now it's Zohar time, so I'm performing it now. Should I not perform it at Isha again? So they were told, Allah does not forbid you from riba and take riba from you. That it doesn't make sense that Allah forbids you from taking interest on a loan and then He's charging you. What? How is that interest? Because what is riba? Kullu qardin That you return the loan and a fine on top of that. So you missed one prayer, Allah would not require you to perform that prayer twice. You're supposed to perform that prayer how many times? Once only. Haddathana Abu Nu'aymin wa Musa ibn Ismail qala حدثنا همام عن قتاده عن أنس عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من نسي صلاة فليصلي إذا ذكرها Whoever forgets a prayer then he should perform it when he remembers it لا كفارة لها إلا ذلك There is no kafara for it except that Meaning he doesn't need to pay a fine meaning some money all right? Nor does he have to perform that prayer multiple times No, the only kafara is what? Make up the missed prayer because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ 
Levikri and establish the prayer at my remembrance. Levikri is understood in multiple ways. One is for the purpose of remembering me and secondly, at the time of remembering me. Meaning when you remember, then establish the prayer. If you had forgotten to, perform it earlier. قَالَ مُوسَى قَالَ هَمَّامٌ سَمِعْتُهُ يَقُولُ بَعْدُ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِي وَقَالَ حَبَّانَ حَدَّثْنَا هَمَّامٌ حَدَّثْنَا قَتَادَةٌ حَدَّثْنَا أَنَسٌ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ نَحْوَهُ بَابَ قَضَاءِ الصَّلَوَاتِ الْأُولَى فَالْأُولَى making a prayers is done how الْأُولَى فَالْأُولَى the first and then the next meaning in order so for instance a person missed their asr prayer now it is maghrib time so what will they do they will perform asr first asr first and then maghrib Likewise, if a person missed their Fajr, Zuhur, and they realize at Asr time, so what should they do? Perform Fajr, then Zuhur, then Asr. Sometimes it happens that a person is traveling. They had intended to join the prayers. Let's say Zuhur, Asr, they intended to combine them. And they thought they would be home by before Maghrib. But what happens? They get stuck in traffic. They get home after Maghrib. They didn't get a chance to pray before at all. So now what will they do? Zuhur, Asr, then Maghrib. Al-Ula, فالأولى. What's the evidence? حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن هشام قال حدثنا يحيى هو ابن أبي كثير عن أبي سلمة عن جابر قال جعل عمر يوم الخندق يسب كفارهم عمر began cursing the kuffar when on the day of خندق وقال ما كنت أصلي العصر حتى غربت He said I was not able to pray عصر until the sunset قال فنزلنا بطحان We came to بطحان فصلى بعد ما غربت الشمس then he prayed after the sun had set, ثُمَّ صَلَّ الْمَغْرِبِ They performed Asr first, and then Maghrib. So is it clear? The matter of missed prayers? Inshallah we'll conclude over here. سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشَدُ وَاللَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته